0: So. Thank you, you may be seated. I walked by the tomb of Buddha, looked inside and saw his bones, traveled on to see Mohammed still wrapped up in his grave clothes. Then I journeyed, where old Joseph left him lay. The precious lamb, God's own begotten, was no longer Deep inside You know he's living And death has died
1: If you're
0: wandering in the darkness Come and step into the light Nail-scarred hands out to help you, to pull you safe from death to life. Friends, I too have stood where you stand, should I trust in sights unseen, just one step in his direction, Then in love he ran to me. If you knew him like I know him, you would know that he's alive. If you felt him like I feel him, resurrection, Deep inside, you know he's living and death has died. If you felt him,
1: like I feel him,
0: resurrection, deep inside, you know he's living and death has died. hear you honking out there. Hope it's a blessing. Hope you're enjoying this morning. Thanks again for being here. It is a blessing to see each and every car out there in the parking lot. Page 176. We're going to stand again, sing Christ Arose, page 176.
1: You know, I was in there uh, looking outside and Jeff and Wendy are on the front row. I'm impressed. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I love it. All right. Well, I uh, was trying to think of any announcements that we have. However, pretty much everything's canceled until this is over except for our drive-in service and uh, we'll continue to keep you updated on that. And. Um, but we just thank the Lord for that. One one of the things that we're doing for an offering today, we'll take up an offering in a moment. And for those of you who uh, do have something to give in the we have a couple of ushers that are going to walk around, and I just need you to flash your lights whenever they come out so they know what cars to go visit, and uh, they can come by, and, and uh, they have they have your gloves on, and, and you just roll down your window quickly, hand them that envelope or whatever you have, and... We'll take care of that. So we'll do that in just a moment. And uh, you just continue to pray for our church family uh, during this time and pray for our community. A number of people have been infected by the virus, and we need to continue to pray for God's healing hand to be upon them uh, during this time also. And, and uh, truly just a blessing to have you guys here uh, today. And so let's go to the Lord in prayer. We'll bless the offering and uh, bless the rest of the service. Father, we do come to you and thank you, Lord, for today. And I pray that you will continue to guide us and bless and direct us. And I pray that, Father, you will be honored in all that we do. pray you bless the offering. I pray that you give, bless the, the uh, gift and the giver both. And, Father, you'll meet the needs that we have. And I pray that, Lord, that you will be lifted up and glorified in our lives. And we thank you and we love you and we pray your blessings on this time. In Jesus' name. Amen. So if you have anything, we'll have the ushers come.
0: Hey, quiet out front. I'm sure the instigator of that has got to be Nelson. Anyway. Oh, there he was. Page 805, because he lives. And that's why we're here this morning. Praise the Lord, our God is not dead, but he is alive. Page 805. God sent his son.
2: I love the horn.
0: to hide this precious blood that gave me life. And in three days he breathed again, rose to stand
2: in my defense. the ball. Tear that falls, and I come to tell you that he says to shout and to proclaim that he's coming back.
1: that's why we're here today and we owe him our lives we just thank god that uh we have the freedom to do this and to come and to worship together and there is no one else that we owe anything to other than god himself and we owe everything to our savior and so we just thank god for that today and i'm glad that you are here and you know (laughs) it is different if you uh if you wanna say amen throughout the message, that's okay. You can say amen. You can flash your lights, you can run your windshield wipers, you can honk your horn, I don't care, whatever you want to do, let me know that you uh if Tony lays on the horn and just keeps honking we'll know he fell asleep. We'll have an usher go wake him up and yeah. Uh anyway, we uh love our Lord and love our Savior and we do owe him everything and uh I'm so glad that all of you are here today and those that are watching on our live stream today and pray your blessings as we go through this day and remember the resurrection of our Savior. And I'd like you to take your Bibles, if you would, to Matthew chapter 27, Matthew chapter 27 this morning and I want to read a couple of verses here and give some thoughts and I titled the message today, What Does the Cross Mean to You? As we give thought to the resurrection, we can't but help remember also his crucifixion and remember the whole purpose for all of this. And He wouldn't have had a resurrection if he wouldn't have had a death, and so it all goes together obviously, and we want to spend some time thinking at this, and And it tells us in Matthew chapter 27, verse 34, 35, and 36, it says, They gave him vinegar to drink, mingled with gall, and when he had tasted thereof, he would not drink. And they crucified him and parted his garments, casting lots, that it might be fulfilled which was spoken by the prophet. They parted my garments among them, and upon my vesture did they cast lots. And sitting down, they watched him there. And so they sat there, and there were those that, as we know, there were those that knew who He was as a, as a Son of God. They, they knew that He was something spectacular that had come from God. They even knew that He was the Messiah. They, they didn't understand everything that, that entailed with that yet, but they were going to soon find out. And, but then there were those that... Mary was sitting there watching her son die. There were other ladies that were sitting there and had seen their sins be forgiven and that burden taken away. And they were heartbroken as they sat there. There were the soldiers who were sitting there and mocking Him and making fun of Him. And and so there are all kinds of people that were sitting there and looking at Jesus and looking at Him at someone differently than someone else and And so I ask you today as we give some thought to the resurrection of Jesus, what does the cross mean to you? What does it mean with that one that hung upon that cross? What does it mean that one that they took and buried in that tomb and then three days later he rose again? And so today I just want to give a few thoughts about three different aspects of this. And first and foremost and of utmost importance, I want us to think about Jesus. Let's think about the crucifixion for just a moment here and, and, and look at the crucifixion. And, and, and in itself, it's not a distinguishing thing in, in, in itself at all. We know that that uh, it was a common way of punishment for the day. And so there, there were many who were uh, uh, crucified this way. And so there wasn't anything really unusual about that. However, we see that there were some differences in this crucifixion that Others didn't go through, and and we'll look at the scriptures that go along with this. And one of them, it tells us, we just read it in verse 34, that that uh, he would not drink, and so it tells us that he refused any kind of sedation. And you know, and as I was thinking about this, we see that uh, here, why would he refuse this? And it just makes sense to me that that he wanted to have all of his faculties while he was being put on that cross and while He was hanging there and, and understanding all of the pain and, and all of the sorrow that, that this world brings. And, and He was going to experience all of that and there was not going to be any drug in, uh, uh, in His system that was going to lessen that pain. And, and even in Isaiah 53, it tells us and uh, describes Him as He was a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. It also tells us that not only would he not take of any drink or sedation, but in verse twenty six it says that, that uh, uh they had scourged him, and, and then in verses twenty nine and thirty it said, And when they had plated a crown of thorns, they put it upon his head and a reed in his right hand, and they bowed the knee before him and mocked him, saying, Hail, King of the Jews. And they spit upon him and took the reed and smoke smote him on the head, and and so here's some differences that, first of all, He didn't take any sedation. We, we see also that, that uh, in this, He was excessively punished and uh, physically. And, and in this, too, it tells us in Isaiah, that uh, uh, describing Him in Isaiah 53, and telling us that He was a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. And then it also tells us that He hath borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. Oh, I can't but help think as he took this physical punishment and as he took this beating and and as he was beaten excessively and, and punished excessively and as they put that plated crown of thorns upon his head that he took all of that pain, all of that suffering, not for himself, but for us. Not just the physical pain of the sin that comes in our lives and the results of that, but all of our griefs and all of our sorrows. You know, sometimes we find that a physical beating is easier than the emotional beatings. Sometimes we find that it's not physical at all, but there's some griefs and there's some sorrows in our lives and in our hearts that we have such a hard time dealing with, and I want you to know that Jesus went to that cross to bear all of those. Not just the pain from our sin, but He also went for all of our griefs and all of our sorrows. And so here, the crucifixion, there were some differences with this. And then in verse 37, we see the prophetic description that was given and and it says and and set up over his head his accusation written this is Jesus the king of the Jews. All oh, in itself they were just making a mockery of him and and they were accusing him of blasphemy and 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 the Jews were upset with this and Pilate had placed that upon that making fun of him and making fun of the Jews themselves and the Jews were very upset and and said that they were uh, 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 blasphemy by accusing him of this and saying that he was not their king. And, and here we see that in this, that their statement, their, their sign that they had made in jest was in actuality a revelation of the truth. See, he goes on and tells us that Paul wrote in First Timothy chapter 6, Verses 14 and 15, that thou keep this commandment without spot, unrebukable until the appearing of our Lord Jesus Christ, which is in His time, He shall show who is the blessed and only potentate, the King of kings and Lord of lords. Oh, you see, they were making a mockery of this when in reality it was a revelation of the truth. And so with this crucifixion being different, there were also other things. There were the refusing sedation. There was the excessive uh, beating that He had taken. And, and uh, we see that the, the prophetic superscription that was given. But we also see the reaction of nature during this time that never happened before, nor will it ever happen again like this. But it tells us in verse 45 that there was a darkness upon all the earth for three hours verse 45 says now from the sixth hour there was darkness ever over all the land until the ninth hour and it was during this time as you go and and you read during the other gospels the account of this crucifixion and it was here during this darkest of times that that we know here that this is where jesus led captivity captive and and he went bosom and he, and he led the believers out and took them into heaven it was there that he made a mockery of the devil and the demons that were on the side of hell and there he mocked them and, and showed them the victory that he had and, and here we see that it was during this time that that he cried out my God my God why hast thou forsaken me and and we know it's during this time that God the Father turned his back on the very Son of God and, and taking upon Himself during this darkest of hours of all the history of mankind. It tells us in verse 51 that when Jesus had died that behold the veil of the temple was rent in twain from the top to the bottom and the earth did quake and the rocks rent. You know it tells us that this veil was woven together And it was four inches thick. And it was 31 feet long and 31 feet tall and and hung up in the temple and, and, and guarded the Holy of Holies. That place that represented the very presence of God. And only once a year was that high priest allowed to go in and make the sacrifices that were needed. And it tells us that that was rent from the top to the bottom giving us access to God the Father through the very sacrifice that Jesus had made. It tells us that an earthquake happened and the rocks split in half. It tells us in verse 52, and the graves were opened and many bodies of the saints which slept arose and came out of the graves after His resurrection and went into the holy city and appeared unto many. There, With this crucifixion, mockingly in verse 37 they said that Jesus is the king of the Jews and mockingly they called him the king of the Jews and we already read where Paul said that he is the only potentate that he is the king of kings and the lord of lords Revelation 19.16 says that when he comes back that he has on his vesture and on his thigh a name written king of kings and lord of lords amen the king of Jews even though the king of kings and, and here we know that the... He said he saved others and so he cannot save if he be the king of Israel let him come now down from the cross and we will believe him is it not working I'll just hold it I'll just hold it. Sorry, it's cutting out for the live stream. Oh, radio is the radio working? <laughs> All right. <clears throat> the lost identified Him. Mockingly, they called Him the King of, King of Jews. And laughingly, they called Him the Savior and, and making fun of Him. However, we know that Jesus had made the very claims John 11, verse 25 and 26, what a powerful place in, in, in history whenever he's talking to Mary and Martha and, and the family of Lazarus. And, and during that time when he told them that Lazarus was just sleeping and they said, oh, he's not sleeping, he's been dead for four days. And and by now he even stinks. And, and here he looks at the ladies and he says, Jesus said unto her, I am the resurrection and the life. He that believeth in me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. And whosoever liveth and believeth in me shall never die. Believest thou this? Jesus said in John 10, in the last part of verse 10, I am come that they may have life and that they might have it more abundantly. And even unbelievingly, they said that He was the Son of God. In verse 43, he trusted in God. Let him deliver him now if he will have him. For he said, I am the Son of God. Oh, and we know that he is the very Son of God. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. For God sent not his Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved." Oh, we're in a time in our country and, and we're in a time in history where, where so many people are thinking that the only thing that is important is sustaining ourselves physically and, and how we need to uh, make sure and, 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 and uh, bread alone is all that we need to live on and, and we need to have all these physical things that are going to keep us alive. And may I say that Jesus says that I am the bread of life. He tells us that I am the resurrection and the life. And that we need to understand that we do not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of His mouth. And oh, how we need to understand that we need our Savior every day, and and we need Him to sustain us and protect us and provide for us. And, And here they were unbelievingly saying that He was the Son of God, And I'm telling you from the very Word of God and from the very mouth of our Savior that He is the Son of God, that He does save, that He is alive today, and that we need to give our lives to Him, trust Him as our Savior, and then live every day and every moment trusting in Him. And He will give us the bread of life. And He will take care of the needs that we have our Savior. So we look at Jesus first, and then secondly, we look at the cross. We see some old rugged cross that probably was stained with blood of other criminals and other sinners who deserved to be there. And there our Savior was hung upon it. you know it's the culmination of prophecy all the way back in genesis chapter 3 in verse 15 god said and i will put enmity between thee and the woman and between thy seed and her seed it shall bruise thy head and thou shall bruise his heel oh that's talking about the victory that jesus gave us on the cross it tells us that satan tried everything he could to stop this from happening and and, and he did bruise the heel of Jesus by putting him on that cross. But however, it tells us that Jesus bruised the devil's head. And that's emphatic in telling us that not only did he bruise his head, but he completely smashed his head. Jesus has given us victory on that day of Calvary. The culmination of prophecy we see is fulfilled from Isaiah 53 and You can go and read all of Isaiah 53 and see the very description of what our Savior did for us. And so we know that it's a culmination of prophecy. We also know that it's a focal point of subsequent history. Many look to the Savior in the cross. Oh, that is where we need to go. We need to remember the sin that was forgiven we need to remember the Savior that went to that cross. We need to remember that all sin and come short of the glory of God and that there is no way that we can ever please God in our own walk, but it only comes through the power of our Savior. So many look to the Savior in the cross, and if you don't know him as your Savior, you know what the amazing thing is, is if you're sitting at home on the live stream and you're sitting at your table or at your sofa or in your chair. You can bow your heart humbly right where you are and call on Jesus to be your Savior, and he'll save you. You can be sitting in your car right now, listening to the message of the Word of God. Right where you're sitting, you can bow your heart. and You can call on Jesus to save you, believing and trusting in his sacrifice, and he'll save you oh how we need to trust on our savior however you know we all know that the cross is also a dividing line first corinthians 1 and verse 18 for the preaching of the cross is to them that perish foolishness but unto us which are saved it is the power of god the very power of god is given through our savior And we know that. He tells us on over in Galatians chapter 6 and verse 14, but God forbid that I should glory save in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ, by whom the world is crucified unto me and I unto the world. Colossians 1 and verse 19 and verse 20 tells us, For it pleased the Father that in him should all fullness dwell, and having made peace through the blood of his cross, by Him to reconcile all things unto Himself. By Him I say, whether they be things in earth or things in heaven. And here we know that it continues to be a dividing line today. We know still yet today that the world sees no importance in the Savior of the world, and they see no importance in who Jesus is. But I'm telling you that Jesus went to that cross, and His sacrifice is sufficient to save everybody in the world. Know how we need to trust him, the cross. Man's destiny is sealed by his reaction to the event which took place on the cross of Calvary. So, as you sit there and sit on that bank and you ponder as you have seen that man crucified upon that cross, what do you see? Who is he to you? And now when you look at that cross, and it's a bare, empty cross, what do you see? What do you see? May I say we ought to see the victory. Whenever we think about the victory that was given to us on that day of his resurrection, that day that we celebrate and worship today, it tells us that we are living in victory. You see, Satan's claims were paid. He stands in front of God and makes accusation after accusation against each one of us. And, and he's easily to remind God that for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. He reminds that there is none that doeth good, no, not one. And, and, and we know and, and understand there is none that understandeth. There is none that seeketh after God. They're all gone out of the way. They are uh, together become unprofitable. There is none that doeth good. No, not one. Oh, we know that. We understand that. And Satan does too. And Satan is very happy to take that in front of God. And... But then we remember what John the Baptist said in John chapter 1 and verse 29. John is sitting there preaching and and the crowd is standing around him. And, and then he looks and and he looks over to the way and, and he sees Jesus coming. And, and he, you can see it. And, and he kind of squints. And he, and he sees and he, and he knows it's the Savior. And, and what are the famous words that John the Baptist says? But, but he looks at Him and, and he says, Behold the Lamb of God which taketh away the sins of the world. Our Savior. Our Savior. Jesus paid for all of them 1 John 2 and verse 2, and He is a propitiation for our sins and not for ours only, but also for the sins of the whole world. The whole world. Do you understand that? Do you understand that Jesus died for you? Do you understand that whenever He died for you and you call upon Him and trust Him as your Savior, And as you look at that empty cross, you no longer see his death, but you see his resurrection, and you see the victory that God gives us. The victory. The victory of our Savior. Jesus paid for all of them. Christ's suffering also ended. I can only imagine the suffering that took place at the garden of gethsemane that night before praying through the night praying as it says as drops of blood come from his body praying so hard i can only imagine how he suffered when judas betrayed him i can only imagine how he suffered on the cross the very Son of God, calling out, My God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? As he's there on the cross, and he looks down at Mary, the one who had watched him grow up, that one that loved him like only a mother could love him, and saw these things where he, where she saw that he represented the very Son of God. She knowing that he was different, knowing that he was special, knowing that he was the Son of God. And and here she's sitting there, and she's watching her very son. And and her son looks down and looks at her and says, "Behold, thy son." Oh, I think it's not just. Uh, Tell Mary, hey, you need to look at me and see what your son's doing. I think he, being God Himself, looked at his mother and reminded her of all those things that she had pondered in her heart. And it all came rushing back to her. And she realized the most important fact of his life was that he needed to die. To save a lost world it even tells us in verse 28 of john 19 there when the darkness had come back to light he said i thirst oh i couldn't imagine i couldn't imagine the physical ailments that he was having at this time and And he said, I thirst. But then he says three words three words which resonate through the pages of history, three words that resonate with the preaching of the present, three words that resonate through the preservation for the future. It is finished. It is finished. It is finished. It is finished. The sacrifice that needed to be made for all of us to have an eternal home came through our Savior. And he said, it is finished. And then I want to close with a passage, and I love this passage, and that's why I want to finish with it in John chapter twenty. It's that early morning time. The ladies come to the tomb. They find that the stone is rolled away, the soldiers are gone. They run back to tell the disciples that Jesus isn't there, and Peter and John come running to find what's going on. Now they're so worried and concerned because someone has stolen the very body of their friend, their Lord, their Savior. And it tells us that they go back. They go back into town and now they're in total confusion and fear and desperation. Mary stays Mary stood without at the sepulchre, weeping, and as she wept, she stooped down and looked into the sepulchre, and seeth two angels in white sitting, the one at the head and the other at the feet, where the body of Jesus had lain. And they say unto her, Woman, why weepest thou? She saith unto them, Because they have taken away my Lord, and I know not where they have laid him. When she had thus said, she turned herself back and saw Jesus standing, and knew not that it was Jesus. Jesus saith unto her, Woman, why weepest thou? Whom seekest thou? She, supposing him to be the gardener, saith unto him, Sir, if thou art borne him hence, tell me where thou hast laid him, and I will take him away. Jesus saith unto her, Mary, she turned herself and saith unto unto him, Rabboni, which is to say, Master, Oh, I couldn't imagine the rush of emotion as Mary saw her Savior standing there alive. Standing there and making the proclamation and all the prophecy, all of the Old Testament, all of the laws, all of the festivals, everything being brought to fruition and, and here being fulfilled in that time of prophecy and showing us that His Death was sufficient by standing alive by the grave. Our Savior. Our Savior. And so as we go one more time back to that cross and we're sitting there on that bank, most of the crowd scorned him. Most of the crowd still today scorn him. The religious leaders of the day blasphemed him. One thief doubted him and cussed him and cursed him until he died. The other thief looked to him for salvation. The Roman soldier trusted him. The apostles forsook all and followed him. And the women were devoted to him as they came to take care of him. And so what does the cross mean to you? That means a lot to those that are believers. It means it's the place where our Savior died on the cross for the sins of the world. It's the place where he shed his blood for me. It's the place where they took him off and they put him in the tomb. It's the place where he rose again and gave us victory. The cross is our victory. Today, we celebrate the life of our Savior. And I want to tell you that he's alive today. We worship him and we praise him. Oh, the best thing that you can do today if you've never bowed your heart and humbly asked Christ to be your Savior and forgive you of your sins and become your Lord, I pray that you would today. And if you know him as your Savior, then you live for him. You live for him with every part of your being. Everything that you are, live for our Savior. Let's pray. Father, what do I see when I look at Calvary? I see the very Son of God, God Himself, dying on that cross and then giving everyone victory when you rose again that third day. And God, we owe you everything, everything. Help us to live for you. And you only. And I pray that, Father, you will be honored and glorified in our lives. Help us, Lord, during this time of trials in our lives and questions and fear, that, Lord, we would come and look to you and find peace and security. See and know that you are our protector and our provider and Father, I pray that you will help us to live with every part of our heart, soul, and mind. I pray you do a work in the hearts of each one who's here, those who are on live stream. And Father, you will be honored and glorified. Lord, we do love you, and we thank you for this day, the foundation of all Christianity. We thank you that we can come and freely worship you. And Father, you will be honored and glorified in all we do. In Jesus' name, amen. I do want to close with a hymn. You guys can sing along with us if you would. It's Hallelujah, What a Savior. I can't remember the page number, but you don't have a hymnal anyway. But hallelujah, What a Savior. You guys all sing it in your cars. Make a joyful noise to the Lord.
0: Sorrows, what a name for the Son of God who came, ruined sinners to reclaim.
1: Hallelujah, what a Savior. I'm not sure how to dismiss you guys. We're going to have to take our time getting out of here. But I just want to say before we dismiss, I love Platte Valley Baptist Church. God bless you guys and have a wonderful day as we celebrate the resurrection of our Savior. Drive carefully. Enjoy the time with your family today at home, and God bless you guys.